1: I'm Katie Amond nice. and I'm a writer-director.
2: Oh, I almost cut you up. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm Sarah, so bad at this. I'm Sarah Zanati. You got I'm it. I'm an actress and a writer and, and a lover of cats.
1: <laughs> and together we have formed as if productions. hmm Cause get it, cause Amond and Zanati. Zanati. That's A and As. As. Outside of that. I just directed my first feature film, uh, Five Women in the End, and that is coming soon to streaming platforms. And um, currently working on post-production in two features with with As If, Rattled and Faye.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, so you've actually technically directed three features. I've directed three
1: features.
2: So... What are you known for, Sarah? Get that dust off your shoulders. (laughs) Um, I am known for being an incredible human being. <laughs> I'm just kidding. An activist, a philanthropist. No, um, I, uh, I've been focusing on music, uh, for the past few years. So my stuff is all online, wherever you can stream music. And, um, yeah, these two features, I did a feature before rattled and Faye, but, um, we won't talk about it. Um, We'll just was glad on my pants that one. Um, but yeah, we are working on Rattled and today. I was um, the lead actress in those, and we wrote them. That's and that's good. Can we actually say. do it again? God Lord <laughs>
0: Ladies, ladies, that was awesome.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sarah Zanati, Katie yeah. Amond, welcome to the Make It Podcast.
2: Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. It's a
1: pleasure.
0: And Katie, you're a two-time uh, alumnus of this podcast. The first time you were on with uh, Tiffany Montgomery. Yeah, I'm excited to see what she's doing out in LA and um, and catch up with her. But today is about you two. And, you know, it's almost like, uh, I think one of the things I was going to, I was curious about just thinking about the two of you is your friendship became so strong so quickly and you moved in together, you have a company together. And I started thinking, you know, in this scenario, could anything, ter- could, could even love, like what would happen if one of you fell madly in love? Is that a threat to, to what you're building right now?
2: No, I'm I, curious. My astrology chart says I won't fall in love until 2021. So I think we are fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. it. I'm, I just got out of a relationship. It was an ugly breakup, but um, I told Sarah, like, so one of the things we do as friends is over text because there's like a floor between us, right? I go to sleep on the first floor. She's on the third.
2: And honestly, that floor makes a difference. Makes a difference. We just
1: meet in the middle to work mm-hmm. <laughs> or watch Friday Night Lights in this yeah. case. Um, but um, so we kiss each other's ass every night. <laughs> right.
0: It's right. Over,
1: it's like, Figuratively. It's Figuratively,
0: figur- yeah. It's,
1: it's like it's a message of like, here's some praise. Yeah. And that's it. And, like, here's some praise and here's some gratitude. And it really does, like, make, like, a like a huge difference. And, like, one of the ones the other night was just, like, hey, like, I'm really grateful for this situation because, dude, the place I was living in, I'm telling you, if I was stuck there right now, holy shit, I don't even want to think about it. Um, Chris, she, this new roommate drank my Weller. <laughs> oh, no. Weller <The>
2: whiskey. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, the whole thing. I had a roommate like that. No, yeah. I'm like I'm too old for this shit. I would never do that to you. I know you wouldn't. <laughs> I
2: don't even like whiskey. I know. It's fine. Well, anyway. it was
0: so funny because I actually am gonna text the randomly with a liquor store that that texts me every time they get weller in, and it's not that it's like super expensive. Oh, yeah, it's you- just that it's like it flies off the shelf. You can't like get you
2: it.
1: Allocate it. You gotta like do favors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna into these things <laughs> what i was saying is that the other night i texted and i was like blah 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 blah. plus you know one day i'm gonna like dance romey's part at your wedding so it's like no i would be fucking so happy for you if you fell in love tomorrow same yeah it's amazing
0: it's amazing so let's talk a little bit about your films uh first rattled and then faye uh rattled a story about um two sisters that uh, are strange, but come together after some tragedy. One yeah. of the sisters is uh, mentally ill, I uh-huh. believe. And uh, Sarah, you play that individual, right? Uh-huh. Um, but the other, other roles played by Elizabeth Donaldson. And, and you know, if, if for those that don't know who that is, and you go check her out on social media, uh, you'll find that she is uh, a walking firecracker. So I'm, I'm curious, Sarah, what it was like having to act against her and match her energy.
2: You know, um, it was interesting because uh, Addison has, you know, obviously um, Elizabeth is is uh, does not struggle with. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Get a little closer to the mic. (laughs) Um, my, my role was actually like her role was the more, um, like sensible, Mm -hmm. lower energy, like Mm -hmm. calm, whatever. And my, my character was more, um, I don't know, off the wall at times. Uh, manic. Yeah. And, um, so I it was actually kind of interesting because there were moments where she was just like, Okay, like she when we would call cut, she'd be like her energy would go from here to like she'd focus it all of a sudden. So I don't know. It was mm. it, I think we were both but I think that's the that's that's the amazing I think thing it about was, kind of oh, sorry, go the amazing ahead. thing about acting though is that you get to you get to embody a role that's not really yourself. And so she was kind of she was Michelle's completely different from her, but she freaking killed it. And hopefully I'm not like Addie. <laughs> but, uh, and
0: Addie's the character that you're playing, just to be clear.
2: Yes. Ad, mm-hmm. Addie's the character that I was, I was playing, but, um, you know, I don't really think of it as like, we were acting against each other in any type of way. We, we just, we, we embodied these characters that had this other dynamic that Elizabeth and Sarah do not have, like, mm-hmm. it's not similar at all. So it was right. cool. It was really fun to play with.
0: And Katie, you put Dean Shortland in a lot of your movies. What is it about his acting, his talent, his look uh, that makes him sort of the perfect supporting role for you in, 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 in a world where you typically make movies about women that are by women?
1: Yeah. Dean is an actor who, um, I just trust and like, he's done some, some favors, some like table reads and things for me. And he understands the material always. And he's very like, just, he's an actor who's in tune and, and I trust that I could give him almost any role and be like, go with it. And not, he needs very little direction. Cause Dean's just like, got it. You know, he's just a pro and that's, that's really all there is to it. He's, I mean, he's one of my favorite people to work with. And like with this next script we're writing, I was like, I want Dean in it, but mm-hmm. we, we can't kill him again.
2: <laughs>
0: he does die in a lot of he movies
2: Live this time <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: no, um, we're just like you know. circulating through the friend actors who are like we'll kill you this time yeah next time we'll kill you you know are trying to divvy it up
1: i really want dean to um play jason in code g which is like a, a he's a father figure and he's ultimately just a good guy he's not like a husband who's running around or anything he's truly just a supportive male figure which is kind of rare in in cinema these days and he read it and he like openly wept at that table read and he was like you know i want to go into my dean and he's like i have a daughter <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and this, is important. this is so important you know i'm like slaying that it's like we have to, to right? we have to make this movie you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, dean dean's another one like he supports my art i support his art i'll always if there's a role, I will always have a spot for
2: Dean in anything I make. He's such a pleasure on set too. He's yeah. just, oh, like, he's he's just great. good vibes. He's so fun.
0: Do you find it uh sort of interesting that in Five Women in the End, your feature film that went through National Film Festival last year, sort of has themes of what we're going through now in the in yeah. the, the global pandemic? You know, if you think about Dean in that role where uh, um, it's the, I don't think it's a spoiler, but he's a, he's sort of an all in all uh, all in all out zombie, rather, if I can speak here. And uh, and, and he just does a great job. He really sold it. Um, yeah. and, and you you get the sense that there are zombies outside your door, except now they want toilet paper. Right. Today, instead of whatever Dean wanted in in five mm-hmm. women in the end.
1: Right. He just wanted
0: water. I think he just wanted in. Yeah, he just wanted water. He just wanted in. So yeah, just just interesting. Um, it, it, it's just more and more proof that, that maybe this is uh, your time and, and and that the zeitgeist is right for you. Um, going back to Sarah's comments about acting with Elizabeth. So here you are on a set, small budget. Uh, these both rattled and face shot on iPhones, correct or no? No.
1: Rattled, yeah. was
0: mm-hmm. Rattled was the red. Rattle was the red. Rattled had a
1: budget. Rattled was a I mean, I'll say our budgets. Rattled was a thirty thousand dollar film and phase is five thousand. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. But so one of them was shot on an iPhone, right? And then mm-hmm. the other one shot on a red. Yeah. 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 Got it. So but you have all this talent in the room on on Rattled. Um it made me think about um how you had to sort of borrow each other's skill. And and of course we're not talking about all the supporting people that are so great and that uh, I've worked with before and and um how you have to come together. Um I'm curious between the two of you with all that skill sort of concentrated, if you had to pick well I'll put it this way, what is the creative skill you wish you had that the other has in spades? So I'll start with you, Katie. What do you, what skill do you wish you had?
2: Um,
1: well, I don't really want to act. Sarah's like an incredible actress and I don't, I don't want that, but she's very like, um, adaptable, I guess. Like you can, um, You can make a change or a scenario. It was kind of great here, though. Again, this is something unique because she's also co-wrote it with me. So if something needed to be changed, we would just pull her aside and powwow. But even like if she weren't a co-writer, I've seen the way that she's very adaptable and she can just kind of go with it and and make any situation her own as an actor. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would be, uh, you know pretty incredible to be able to do that as a producer or director too but you get images in your head and you're just like no it has to be this way you know um, but yeah
0: adaptability is a good one it's nuanced
1: too that's my first instinct what about you Sarah? there's more I gotta think on that
2: one I mean like I I'm constantly in awe of Katie's talents (laughs) like she really can do so many things and so many things well uh, you know in life. But you know, when it comes to film, like she has a crazy amount of knowledge on film history and just how to, I mean, she went to film school and and stuff like that, but she's got this, like we call it her, she's rain man. When she edits, (laughs) literally will remember the exact scene and take that she liked of a specific moment. So when she's editing, she can do it so quickly because she I don't know how you store it all in your brain even months after we filmed. She's like, oh, yeah, I like to take three, um, you know, the, of, of on the B cam <laughs> of this part of, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just insane how she remembers all of that stuff and the way that she crafts a film when she's not only directing, the, but when she's editing, like, I just sit back and I'm like, I just don't. That is so not my area of expertise. I mean, I'm I'm a performer through and through and a writer, but I I wish that I had those skills that she has because it's just um yeah it's really mind blowing sometimes. I'm like, damn. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll just sit here. I'm like, what if we put like this effect on it? And she's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. She's like, yes, young grasshopper. <laughs> No, but uh, but yeah, that definitely that. So many other things, but that's that's the first thing that comes to mind.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing. That. I know it's just kind of tough to give these answers on the fly with the person sitting right there beside you, and and you're not having a, a lot of time to consider it. So, um,
2: like, leave the room. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Let Get, me out think about- Get out of here.
2: Get out of here, out of here while I see
1: your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
2: and we would be hilarious. I'm drinking out of a Waterford glass. It's the only thing elegant about me.
1: I switched to whiskey, so it's over here.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I, I love it, and I'm glad you guys are drinking. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we we'll we'll might it. get... Quarantine.
0: Keep drinking. The honesty will just increase. Uh, yeah, I love it. That's feel. So, <laughs> <so, so laughs> n- normally on these interviews, we ask people, what are the biggest creative and business mistakes newcom- you see newcomers making? But I'm curious for the two of you, what are the biggest mistakes you think you made, both creatively and business-wise, as newcomers?
1: I can't speak for um, anything on Rattled yet, um, because so far nothing has come up. Well, no, I just
0: mean in your career as a newcomer. In my
1: career, um, yeah. I I've got into, you know what? I shouldn't really talk about all this. More whiskey. No. Nope. Well, Chris, you know He's what? He's
2: like, I'm going to get a good interview. Chris, <laughs> when we're done
1: with this podcast, give me a call, bud. I yeah. uh,
0: will. So, well, well, before Sarah jumps in on that, why don't we just get out of that realm, get out of that lane and put you in a, in a better lane, which is what advice do you have to the newcomers that are listening to this podcast right now?
1: I mean, have a lawyer look over all your contracts for one, or, you know, have them created the right way and, and work with people who know what they're doing and people that you trust people that have your back essentially, and like trust your vision and your business sense, because that's the thing. It's really hard to be, um, to, to maintain the creative brain and the business side. Like, you know, we just made these movies and we had a, a blast making them and we're in post right now. And we're thinking, business plan and future business. And that's the hard part. And it's not the fun part, but you have to find the balance in order to do it correctly and guarantee that you can monetize this and keep doing it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. No question about it. Uh, Sarah, what about you? What are the biggest mistakes creatively or business-wise you feel like you've made as a newcomer? And it can be in music if you want to go to that too, either, either way.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I'll I'll speak creatively. I'll speak creatively first. I think that two things, like I look back on, on some decisions that I made over that I've made over the past decade throughout my twenties. And, and I, they definitely felt like mistakes at the time. And now looking back, I'm like, you know, I definitely, those were necessary steps for me to be the artist and the creator than I am now. So I'm, I'm ultimately grateful for them. So if I were to give advice to people, I'm like, embrace the mistakes. Cause eventually you'll probably look back and be like, yeah, this actually, I didn't lose anything. I gained, I gained something else, even if you can't see it at the time. But I think that for me, one of the biggest, you know, quote unquote mistakes I ever made was, was not knowing how to value what I bring to the table as an artist and, Mm -hmm. and feeling like sometimes I would walk into rooms, whether it be new agencies or managers or, you know, people that I met in LA who, who would have dreams for me or things that they, they wanted me to do or, or, you know, directions they wanted my career to take um, for their own personal interest. But I, I think I would come in and just sort of be like, you know, well, I hope, you know, I hope you take me. I hope, I hope I'm good enough. I, I, I hope that, um, I don't know. I, I think I just sold myself short a lot of times, but at the same time, I also think that it takes a long time to sort of, uh, figure out who you are and what you want to say. And sometimes that just takes time and maturity. And so, um, I guess another piece of advice I would, I would give to newcomers is you don't always have to jump at what's being offered to you. If it feels, if it doesn't feel completely aligned with who you are. And especially if you don't even know who you are, like you don't have to always jump at every single thing that people are offering you just because you feel like, well, then at least I'll be doing something. Um, it, you can, you can just sit, and be still for a while and let all of the pieces come together, um, before you make a decision and, and always value what you bring to the table. Always know that you, you know, without you, things don't get made and, and vice versa. Like it's, it's, it's truly a partnership. And I don't think I ever really realized that I just was like, please somebody. <laughs> take me, in, somebody notice that I'm good, you know, but Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if any of that made
0: sense. but it, it did. It was great. And there's so much to dig into there. And it, it made me think about so many situations um, I've either been in personally or helped counsel someone through. Um, or me and Nick together, uh, rather, or been in ourselves with films we're involved in. And um, it, it, one of the things, and I haven't said this in a long time, actually, but um, one of the things I go back to is... Um, when you work on contracts or you have some sort of oral agreement or an agreement to work with someone else, you you mentioned Sarah about jumping at the, the the first deal, the first person that shows you sort of attention, you know, with dollars behind it and and having the discipline to wait and, you know, good is good. And opportunity will be there tomorrow if you've made something that's good so the thing that I've noticed that happens with with creatives and 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 all of us in this creative world what we do is is we fail to ask ourselves what is the consideration on both sides of this contract or this agreement so a lot of times we'll see what is in it for us but we won't ask ourselves the tough question of what is in it for our partners and yeah. and why are they saying the things they're saying and why do they want it this way? Is it as simple as that person had success one way with one other person and now they want to duplicate it and they don't know how to succeed in succeed any other way? And that might be why they want to change your brand or your style. Um, is there a partnership that's happening two levels below you or two levels above you that you can't see that... Um, is really the basis of their business and that and that you, and that the business they want from you is, is not actually you, but per, perhaps maybe your intellectual property. Um, so just, I would say that, just think about what is happening on both sides and why would they, if you're actually in a real contract negotiation, I've seen entertainment lawyers miss this stuff all the time. I've spent my career negotiating uh, contracts. It's one of the boring things I've done to help myself uh, be, I guess, w- what you would call sort of qualified to give this advice. <laughs> but um, but even entertainment lawyers miss it, which is, hey, um, why are they negotiating against this one little thing that we want? Why is it so important they hold five more percent from us? Why is it important that they not that they go with the first bankruptcy law instead of the second one that allows the movie to come back to me if they go bankrupt. Like, Mm -hmm. why won't they budge on that one thing? That's interesting. That's a red flag, right? Mm -hmm. So I think asking those questions um, helps. So I I, know it it made sense, Sarah, and it was was awesome. Um, So I know that you guys... Love each other and think each other are talented. But I am curious. And I don't think I've ever heard this from either of you before. What creatives do you most admire, and what do they do from a sort of a technical or skill standpoint that make their their work stand apart for you? And Sarah, I'll start with you.
2: Yeah. Oh, go. I thought you were going to start with Katie. you know. You can we start with Katie? Yeah. yeah. know her and I'm like there,
0: there are no there are no thanks. rules.
2: Um, okay. I love. The Duplass brothers, mm-hmm. mm. but that's a, but
1: that's a both of us. That's both of us. And Ugh. it's because that's kind of, we're kind of trying to emulate them, I guess, not like a hundred percent, but in the way that they, we were talking earlier about, there's so many people who have like one script or one project that they work so long on and so hard on that. It just never fucking gets done. Mm-hmm. And the Duplass brothers, their book is so good, by the way, if you haven't read it, read it. Um, they're like, what's just the go- name of the book? I don't know. It's like me and my brother or something. Yeah. It's, it's like the, plus it's the only, they only have one book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mail it to you, Chris. I'll Lysol it first. Perfect. Um, Thank you. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's great. It's just little essays with Jay and Mark and they basically, they do things like really cheap and, um, and they go, they strive for like 80% because if, if you strive for perfection, and we've had this conversation. Yeah. If you strive for
2: goal is perfection, what happens after you achieve that? You know, well, and also perfection is just the opposite of being done. And sometimes you yeah. just have to be done because another idea is waiting for you on the other end of this project that you're, you know,
1: yeah. So I mean, like too long. with the fact that the way that they go, like gung ho, so they'll even, like I haven't gone to the part where like they'll, I won't, I won't shoot a movie off of a scriptment, like give me a full script, you know? But, um, the way that they just crank these movies out and they're good, like mm-hmm. creep was such an influence, you know, like, man, they're just, they're just great. And then I love, um, uh, oh, man, there's, I mean, there's a lot of directors and stuff that, that I really admire. I adore Mariana Polka, Um, but she, she has this, her first movie, her debut feature, which you can watch on Amazon prime is called good dick. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing it's a dramedy and i call it like a romantic comedy for the traumatized you know um and she has just tackled all these issues and they're very much like feminist issues she's not necessarily making movies that are like romantic comedies with your typical characters and everything's perfect in the end you know she's got like she goes real or she's got something just deep in everyone she has this one movie called bitch that premiered at sundance um like three years ago so are you familiar with it it's on netflix
0: I've heard of it. I've heard of Bitch. I haven't heard a good dick.
1: Bitch is not a great movie, okay? But Bitch has great moments. And, like, I feel like in 10 years she would be just, like, the ultimate filmmaker. And anyway, like, let me just let me just talk about this one scene in Bitch Do real, it. real quick, okay? So the premise of Bitch is, like, the opening scene is this woman hanging herself with her husband's belt it fails. Like the chandelier comes out of the ceiling. Right. So her husband like comes to bed that night after he's like been having sex with the secretary. And he's like, is that my belt around your neck? What the hell? He just like loosens it and takes it off. <laughs> yeah. so the next morning, he's like getting the kids ready for school. And it's like, where's mom? No one can find her. She, he comes back from bringing the kids to school. And like, they didn't have like on, they didn't have socks or underwear. It was just a shit show without mom there to get them ready. Right. So mom was in the basement and she has taken on the personality of a dog. Literally. She's like naked, feral, smearing shit all over the walls and growling. <laughs> right, Like that's what she's become. And so her sister gets involved and like her parents get custody of her again because her mental illness is so strange. In the end, he like realizes his ways and every, how he took their relationship for granted. And he really wants her back. And there is the most amazing scene. And the actor I'm talking about is Jason Ritter. And yeah. so Jason Ritter meets his wife. And, like, the sister brings her over. She's fully dressed like a human, but she's on all fours and on a leash, right? (laughs) (laughs) He puts her in the van, and they go to a dog park. And Jason Ritter, for, like, a five-minute montage, just acts like a dog in an effort to reach his wife again. And it's the most beautiful scene. He's literally just, like, rolling on his back and scratching around. And, like, like, he's got, like, a stick in his mouth, and he's shaking his head around and stuff. And it's just so like visceral and incredible and beautiful. And she's one of those filmmakers that I'm just like, damn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she had one called egg that I watched because I was afraid it might be a little like Koji, but it wasn't like not even close, which right. once again, it's moments. It's not a great film. Good Dick is her best film. And if you're going to watch one, watch that one.
0: <laughs> I will. I will. I'll do it. I'm watching all three of these.
1: Bitch is not great, but it is so worth watching.
0: Oh, bitch. Egg. And good. Dick. <laughs>
1: And she's in. Do you watch Glow? Have you seen Glow?
0: Uh, no. I've told. I've, oh. I've been told Glow is the shit, though.
1: She's in Glow. She's one of the okay. characters in Glow. Oh, she's an actor. Yeah. Too. yeah, yeah she's yeah. in most movies. She's not in Egg, but she's in Good Dick and she's in Bitch.
2: Sarah, I'll, I'll, who?
1: Are write, you write that down. Glow.
2: Oh my. God. Right. Hmm. um, as an actor, we. We were watching The Exorcist yesterday, as you do, just during the day, like you do. And I, uh, <laughs> like Ellen Burstyn, has always oh. been just a favorite of mine as an actress. Um, Did you see and, her
0: in Rec Room for a Dream? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: I just love the I just love the roles that she's chosen, and um, I also I I read her book, and it's so fascinating. And um, yeah, she's just she's always been. Um, a creative idol for me obviously people like Joaquin Phoenix like just actors like that who just immerse themselves in whatever he's just he's so fascinating to me and um, just a like there's just a raw quality to the way that he acts that I love she always says that I remind her of Tom Hardy Tom Hardy but I like Sarah is my Tom Hardy but I love him and I love his vulnerability in, in the way that he acts I, I'm such a fan um, but when, uh, when it comes to people who do it all, I mean, I love Phoebe Waller bridge. Like I'm, obs- oh,
0: she's so good.
2: I'm obsessed with Fleabag and I love that she, she writes and directs and produces. I just like, I'm all about, you know, doing all of the things if you can. And, and sometimes some of those things will be your specialty. And some of the other things you're learning, like, I'm a writer and an actor. Katie's teaching me how to produce and how to edit and all of those other things. But I just, I love it when one person gets to have their vision, um, realized, realized in every single aspect of the process. Um, and I love Lena Dunham. Mm -hmm. I I love people. I love, I love Lena Dunham because she's such a polarizing creative, you know, not everybody loves what she makes, but she doesn't give a fuck. Like she's just doing what feels right to her. And, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not somebody who likes to create in a way that I'm like trying to shock people by any means, but I definitely do I don't shy away from things that I think are gonna be polarizing that some people might really hate or make them feel uncomfortable. In fact, I I I feel like I thrive. Yeah. (laughs) Thrive in content that feels a little uncomfortable. Um because those are the spaces that we grow as humans, that um we grow as artists. I don't know. We've, so, we've talked about, I'm sure I'm missing so many people that I, I we've talked about horror and how like people
1: are like, why are you doing horror films or whatever? Like I hate horror. I don't want to watch horror. Amanda
2: Palmer's quote.
1: Yeah. Like Amanda Palmer has like the most amazing quote on it, but like she, it's also just about like, if you don't take the darkness and like, just fucking face it, how are you ever going to be able to overcome it?
0: You know? Yeah. I'm I'm curious about that. Cause both Faye and rattled are sort of genre films and, Some would say, oh, well, you make a genre film because you have an indie budget. But for you, you know, which one was it? Was it the chicken or the egg that came first? Did you love the genre film first?
1: We both love the horror genre. And like before, Mm -hmm. like, Chris, you know me as writing like just very like feminist kind of um, uh, not coming of age, but dramedies, I guess you would Mm -hmm. call them probably what you know me for but before that I wrote almost nothing but horror films and I have this deep love for horror that's been rooted in me for a long time like when I was a graduate student I wrote a 40-page paper on The Exorcist like that was like (laughs) damn when we were watching that yesterday I was like yes but um like it's got such a special place for me because I think horror the genre in general represents what we as a society are afraid of and um i mean you can see you can look at trends you know like in in the earliest horror that's that's like frankenstein and you know dracula that's that's a fear of um science and, and playing god and all these things that were new you can go up to the 80s when there was a big slew of like transformation and like vampire and werewolf movies and vampire movies are all about penetration and that's right when the aids epidemic happened right yeah. now i'm I mean, this is what it is. And then you've always got supernatural stuff. You've always got spiritual things that are scary, no matter what. And then, like in the 2000s and late 90s, circa 9 11, that's when torture porn from foreigners is a big thing, like hostile and Song. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you it reflects society, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. That's what it does. And so, I think it gives us us, you know, if I, I'll look up this Amanda Palmer quote, but mm-hmm. horror gives us a safe place to explore the dark side without hurting anyone.
0: Yeah. I think Jennifer Bonner said something along those lines too, about why she loves horror so much as well. And I think it really resonates, especially when you get a sense of her personality. It's like, she's so professional and and sort of low key and horror gives her a chance to be kind of bananas, frankly.
2: Yeah. And we tap into a lot of spirituality within it too. You know, I think that, and I think that a you know definitely a mission for the two of us when we make these horror films is that they're that they're a little bit more grounded in just um, you, you know what it's what it's like to be a human being. Like every single day, we we face things in the world that are really scary and and um, really hard to deal with. We you know we deal with a lot of national tragedies and. Um, I mean, we're going through something right now that's, that's really terrifying. And, and I think when you are confronted, when you stare something that's really scary in the face, you learn something about yourself. Um, and, and, you know, in my, in my personal life, I feel like all of the things that have ever, you know, made me feel terrified on the other end of that, um, I feel like I've grown as a human being, so I think that I think that that fascinates both of us. Like mm-hmm. when we're making these films, it's not just to make like a horror film, and it's not it's not only for like you know uh, business wise, it's great because horror films that's the do only do genre so well in foreign markets. Where you don't and, need a name exactly, but um, so all of those things. But but I think we also just have a very strong passion to bring to life stories that are n- not just scary for the business side of things, but also, um, shed light on some human experiences that
1: I would say that we're just as concerned with not only like the monster, but the monster that made the monster. Uh, I love that. You know, that's a good, that's a good quote. I found this, um, I found this quote that I would love to read to you. Um, it's from Amanda Palmer. Do you know who that is? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda Palmer. The music class knows who Amanda Palmer is, right? Mm -hmm. The art of asking the Dresden doll. She's a bad bitch. is basically (laughs) what it boils down to. Katie's a a BB. She's a BB. All right. So here's what Amanda Palmer wrote. Um, Erasing the possibility of empathy also threatens to erase the possibility of art. We watch Oedipus Rex, not because we celebrate and condone the concept of motherfuckers and father killers, but because it is cathartic to see our worst nightmares exposed in a safe context. We do not cheer when the blade cuts deep. We weep. We empathize. And we put the play on over and over and over again. These differences are crucial. Empathy is not sympathy, and compassion is not condemnation. Stage blood is exactly that. We spill it on stage and on the page precisely because we can do it without harm.
0: Yeah. I think that's great. And um, she's she's written some things on brain pickings as well, If you uh-huh. can check out that website. And um, yeah. she's got a couple of Tim Ferriss interviews that are fantastic. Um, oh, so yeah. So she, she's wonderful. And that was and, and thank you for that, because that is that sums up. Mm-hmm. The whole conversation. Which is why that. we do
2: horror genre? There you go.
0: Yeah, I love. And
2: also, it. And also, it makes a lot of money. It
0: makes. Yeah. A lot of yeah.
2: And also, you're pretty good at it. What? What's oh my god! Well,
0: well, speaking of, of your performance, Sarah, I, you know, I'm curious. You in Faye, it's just you, mm-hmm. and you have to keep your tone uh, the same uh, within the context of the character. I mean. The entirety of a feature right. film. And I heard you yeah. sort of lament this a little bit on or read th- this uh, on social media. You yeah. lament the struggle, the difficulty in that, not to mention just the stripped down crew. Do you think you're able to do this because you're good at being a swimmer? Because that's another solo sport where you have to work really hard all alone, and your discipline has to pay off. So I know it's a bit of a curveball, but I, I started noticing the relationship between Faye and you being a junior Olympic swimmer.
2: That's really interesting. I've uh, I've never thought about that before. Um, yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, that's yeah. That's that's kind of blowing my mind right now. But. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, because I mean, the joy, I mean, the joy of acting is the experience and the space between you and another human being. But we also know that when we're making films, a lot of times when you're doing a close-up, you're not looking at the other human being. You've got like a fixed spot on the wall so that the eyeline matches. And so a lot of times you're just making connection with yourself or a wall <laughs> and, um, uh, <laughs> And yeah, I, I mean like a sport like swimming. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot of conversations <laughs> with myself in the water. <laughs> um But <laughs> I think that you have to Faye was Faye was such a challenge. I mean, I really I really love I really love acting with other people. I really love the energy in the room. I love, you know just human connection, which that's, I mean, that's what we're capturing on, on screen. Um, but with Faye, yeah, I had to, I had to tap into that internal, um, connection that, and, and, and. Faye is probably the
1: hardest thing you'll ever do. (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't know, man. It was the hardest thing I've, I've ever
2: done. It's the hard, hardest thing I've ever done, done thus far. But yeah, I mean, the swimming, the swimming thing definitely makes sense. I mean, it's, uh, you're doing it for a team. So you're doing it for, um, a purpose that's that's bigger than yourself, but it yeah. also feels very solo when you're in the water. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks mom for putting me in swim class. She <laughs> you know, really big way for my acting career. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Cool.
0: Thank you. And and uh, Yeah. Go. <laughs> oh, did I I'm sorry, Katie, go ahead.
1: I don't know what I was gonna say. I was probably gonna talk more about Faye. Go ahead
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. If you have something you wanna say, you could say it.
1: I mean, I was just like Faye was just so fucking hard. Like it was really great though. We only we had four people. So like um Nicole Lim was our makeup artist I and love she- Nicole also is a hell of a sound sound oh. sound girl who knew mm-hmm. she can she can mix a love and she can you know put some scars on your face
2: Nicole is like she's just happens to be talented at all she's, of the she's um
1: she's what I like to call a bad bitch. she's <laughs> a, a BB as well. She's a BB. <laughs> she
0: really is and, <laughs> and she and she's got the best disposition.
1: She's so sweet. And she's got the dimples, you know? mm mm-hmm. yeah. dim dimps, dim dimps.
2: Yeah. Yep. We call her D D because
1: she plays Dungeons and Dragons. But also Dim Dim. Hey, you know
2: what? You know what's cool about Faye? She's
1: married to a guy named David. A D D D. That's Triple there D. Is. Now <laughs> we've got Big D, which is Sarah De La Haya, who was yep. art scary. director, Love producer, her work. also our um uh, other our B camel. My op,
2: therapist,
1: your therapist. There was one point in Faye, let me just tell you this. My friend Chris, who flew in from Los Angeles to help me with this, and he came and he um, was like our gaffer extraordinaire, lit the whole thing. Sarah's upstairs, Sarah's a naughty, laying on her back while Nicole is putting makeup on her face. Mm-hmm. I'm putting makeup on her arm, and Sarah De La Haya is holding a plate.
2: <laughs> of animal crackers and, and a block cheese. of cream cheese. A block of cream cheese. <laughs> Mine, we you? thought sounded good at 2 a.m. Yeah, And she's just feeding us.
1: <laughs> she's just feeding us. I'm
2: getting, like, special effects. Like, they're the, they're fucking up the side of my face. And I'm like, can I get another one more cream cheese this time?
1: Yeah. <laughs> there it and is. Like, I'm literally, like, putting all this, like, you know, like, what is this? That's silicone and stuff all over <laughs> Sarah's arm. Silicone. Silicone and, yeah, like, third degree or whatever the stuff. I'm building, a, like, a, a bone protruding from her arm. Like, upstairs at a cabin. <laughs> Chris is downstairs working. It's 2 a.m. Yeah. We're just eating animal crackers and cream cheese. It was disgusting and amazing. <laughs>
0: and was this in February or March?
1: February. Yeah, February. February. Yeah. Okay,
0: so before you had to go alcohol-free in March for Dry right. in March.
1: Right. In fact, after the worst day of Fay, we had one 18-hour day in which we shot 20 pages.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: But that morning, I had whiskey and king cake for breakfast.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's yeah, the next
1: morning, that's
2: what I have. have the baby and the king cake. you had king cake, I Chris? did get the baby. Of course. Mm-hmm. Which, of course. okay, I feel like the baby gig is just not that, not as great as everybody thinks, because that means you have to buy the next king cake. And I was like, I just bought I was this So <laughs> I was so excited to get the baby, and then I was like, this means I have to pay? <laughs> that doesn't feel like a prize. <laughs> It's <laughs> mm-hmm. not like an honor that I wanted. The baby's not that great. <laughs> and,
0: and Just to be clear for the listeners, uh, Sarah and Katie attempted to not drink alcohol for the month of March, not for any reason, but just to get you just know, to their health back. Not
1: alcoholics, But here we are, uh, but they <laughs> well, did they not
0: make it. They made it to. We didn't make day. it.
1: We didn't Spoiler make it. Alert, we, didn't make it. Alert, we made it over halfway. Yeah. But then this fucking quarantine happened. So
0: no yeah. one could predict that.
1: No, dry March became damp March. Yeah.
0: Yep. Quick, the quick.
2: majority of it I'm was not, dry. I'm not going to sit in this house sober. No, we can't go anywhere.
0: <laughs> you got to drink. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a drink. I, I'm finished my...
1: We're sober. God. Yeah,
0: there's no way. I, after I finish this tea, I'm going to go drink um, some whiskey myself. I think I, I think I deserve it. Um,
1: you deserve it. Too. Chris, did you know that Nelson's Greenbrier has released their first batch?
0: I did not. I did not.
1: Just so you're aware, Um, we have some. Yes. (laughs) And it's good. good. I'm drinking it right
0: now. All right, that's what's up. You know, I take your advice on these things. Um, Katie, you you are a prolific writer and creative, but Sarah, you you've been writing for a while too. Did you did you write a love letter to lorem ipsum? And and if so, what what was that about?
2: Laura Ipsum. Oh, um, you know, there's... <laughs> it is a, the
0: craziest thing to read.
2: There is a there's another Sarah Zanotti in Nashville.
0: Oh, that's right. Your twin, The one, same city, same name. I'm wondering if she's... Is she also a musician?
2: because yeah, I don't know who Laura Ipsum is, but there <laughs> no, is... No, no, Laura
0: Ipsum is, like, the text that is, like, the standard text that comes when you open, like, a an like application.
1: A, that's what it says. It's yeah. a...
0: It's yeah, and then you replace that that text with new text.
2: Oh yeah, one. no, I you. literally all of this is going right over my head. That's you the other. You have to thing. Google and this. And that girl, okay, no, I'm not actually that mad at the Sarah Zanotti who lives in Nashville because she got <laughs> married and now she has a new last name. Yeah. There's another Sarah Zanotti who's got that at tag on Instagram, and I'm pissed. I'm pissed. She's got like it. she's got like one follower. Oh one no. And I'm like, girl, Sarah, yeah. hand yeah. it over. So, but no, I think that's the other Sarah Zanotti. The um, other
0: Sarah wrote a love letter to Lorem Ipsum, and I and I will send you the link to it so you can enjoy it. It is uh, yeah. a very short but very interesting and mind bending ride. So should um, I?
2: For this, is that what you're telling me?
0: <laughs> well, it's the internet, and and so my question was, did you write it? But it sounds like you didn't write it because you can't trust the internet. I didn't even know if I it was really you. It. There wasn't a picture of you next to it.
2: There no, was a picture no, of a girl okay. with
0: really long blonde hair, but that could be the other Sarah.
2: Really? No, yeah. it, it it was not me. I uh, I no, correct me.
0: Confirmed.
2: Sarah needs a refill. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got the aerator. Hold for sound. Hold this. Now, this,
0: now what we're all going to hear here is the sound of red wine going through an aerator mm-hmm. into Sarah's <laughs> glass.
1: Yeah. And she is right. on her
0: fourth or fifth glass of what looks to be Pinot Noir.
1: Third. And <laughs> this is what you hear when you come to Sarah's house. This is the sound of hospitality. Here we go.
0: Okay.
2: Fun story. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to not have an aerator because I wasn't an adult yet. And mm-hmm. I used to, uh, when people would come over, I'd put wine in my uh, in my blender. <laughs> 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 and I'd blend it and I'd be like, guys, it's really good. I promise. It, it, it oxidates it. Sarah, you were- oxidates
1: a word? That's very good. Yes. And you were resourceful. Thank you so much. You're welcome.
0: I never thought about that. The blender next, would work the same way.
1: Next, Next
0: question. Well, you know, my next question is. Uh, <laughs> my next question is, how did you uh, ladies get to be so cool and so awesome? Um, I, I I, really appreciate you spending a ton of time with me on this interview and breaking down a lot of different things. Um, for those listening, if you want to hear Katie break down sort of how to shoot with an iPhone, by the way, she does it in our previous interview that we did with her. Uh, her and Tiffany Montgomery. So be sure to check that out. And uh, for now, Sarah, uh, Katie, I can't thank you enough. Katie, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and on social media.
1: I am at Katie Amond for everything. And our company is at, as a Z that's Amond and Zanotti Mm -hmm. as if productions that's on Instagram and same thing on Facebook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sarah yeah.
0: and you
2: and because of the other Sarah Zanotti in the world um, my social media tags are at Sarah with an H underscore Zanati. Z as in zebra <laughs> A N as in Nancy O T as in Tom T as in Tom I
0: that is wonderful. And where can we see some of your, uh, your work, uh, ladies, is there any place where we can watch your teasers, trailers, films, yeah. et cetera?
1: That would be Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything's under as if productions, you can see the trailer for rattled, which looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. to toot our own horn, but it does.
0: And, and these movies are going to be released when both rattled and Faye?
2: ASAP to, to, to be determined. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows? Because I, I feel like we're festivals... in quarantine. I don't know what festivals are doing over the next year. Who knows?
1: Um, but we're working hard to get these films edited. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell so, Chris. So 2020,
0: 2021.
1: Chris, do you want another story? Yes. Great. Of course that was so I was Because on. You told her just to tell drink you,
2: whiskey. You did. <laughs> now you, you now s- you're getting the story. You stories. said keep
1: drinking. So here we are. <laughs> I love it. Wait, I'm sorry. Do you have somewhere to
2: be? (laughs) Yeah. Do you have anywhere to be?
0: (laughs) I'm just here with you. (laughs) In quarantine. (laughs)
2: Um, Do my sag, like curtain bangs, not look. Sarah, you look amazing. You look fabulous. The bangs are good. Look at their banging. (laughs) I'm just, look, I'm trying to throw myself a bone after looking like a complete (laughs) butt. (laughs) <laughs> and rattled. She did
1: look like ah. look like a shit bag. Okay, keep going. But in Faye, you were pretty. Fay was pretty. You. Thank you so much. Oh, we can tell two stories. One, rattled. Two, Fay mm-hmm. drowning confession. Drowning confession. Rattled. We'll start with rattled because yeah. that happened first. That was day one. That was New Year's Eve, twenty nineteen. Okay.
2: Chris, best day of my life. No joke. Absolutely. Is it the best day of your life? Yeah, and I'm—I feel like I'm doing it with this hand motion.
1: Best day of my life. So it's kind of like an arch, like a rainbow. Yep, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching on he the Insta. It. He's on the Insta. He got it. Or maybe he's on Skype. Whatever. I yeah. don't know. Right. So, um, I have Sarah and Elizabeth did this intense scene that required them to literally cry for upwards of four to six hours. Six hours.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and-
1: Um, like New Year's Eve ended on the floor just with those two actors just weeping. And I honestly don't know if I will ever get the opportunity to direct two actors that were so into it. It was so intimate and it was so intense. Like the entire crew, like when, when it was over, just let out this big exhale, just like, you know, and, um, and then we immediately partied because it was New Year's Eve. Um, but it was just incredible and I don't know if that kind of uh I mean Elizabeth Gilbert would call it big magic but I don't know if that's I don't know if that can just happen on any set, you know?
0: But you're oh. Elizabeth, you're talking about as Elizabeth Donaldson, right? Elizabeth Gilbert
1: I was I Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Gilbert, was Elizabeth Gilbert Gilbert, sorry, <laughs> yeah. And is the actor, yes. Right. right. The actor. And, and, and right. she's also big magic. And she it was big magic between these two actors. And they just and I mean like we ran two cameras because two people can only cry for so long. And this was such a heavy scene and it's literally the heaviest thing I've ever directed, but it was always also like the most rewarding experience I've ever had. So, um, I just think it, it speaks to something when you're, when you're creating with that kind of energy and emotion behind it, there's just something really special there. Right.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. So
1: I'm excited for you to see it. Likewise. Rattled. No, Faye. Faye. <laughs> Faye. So in Faye, there's the scene where Sarah had to um be drowned
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a by this entity, right. which there are no other actors around. So she painted her tattoos. Show your tattoos. Wow. That one and that yeah. one. Yeah.
2: On hand.
1: So,
0: so what we're looking at is uh two hand tattoos. One one's like a, a wedding band. Yeah.
1: That is an S and a Z and it makes a little heart. It stands for Sarah Zanati.
0: Right. It's your logo from in your music days, I think.
2: Yeah, I got yeah. really great tattoos when I was 19 years old. <laughs> um and yeah, and one, then this one's just on a prison. Ring right? finger. This is a prison tattoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and um, so but I painted those on Katie's hands. And so her hands are the ones strangling me in this tub. Yeah. And obviously when you do on film, when you do a scene where there's, you know, violence, the person who's the victim is controlling the violence, controlling the violence. Mm-hmm. So I'm moving Katie. She's like, like my hands are literally
1: just kind of laying on her neck and she's yanking me down into the water with her. Yeah. And so, um, this really upset me, Chris, cause Sarah's, <laughs> And I literally felt like I was killing her, even though she was like literally controlling my hands. So when it was over, she she also was like getting water and Little soap. Little do you
0: know, she can hold her breath for four minutes.
1: Oh,
2: she, oh <laughs> I can hold my breath for a very
1: long time. But she was getting soap, like Dawn and bath Except bombs and stuff, all up her nose, and she was like, "I can't do it anymore." And I was like, "Me neither." And I <laughs> <laughs> like the director,
2: that would burn, right? The, the
1: soap. Paper. And just cried. Katie <laughs>
2: cried. When you only have a four-person crew and the director has to be the... Stand-in? Stand-in arms. I don't know. It was the arms. For the scene. Yeah. She she went out on the porch and cried. I was like, I can't do it again. <laughs> and smoked a cigarette. And I said, I, I that was a time, though, that I feel like, because usually Katie's teaching me things. Like, she's like, this is all you edit, Sarah. But this was a time when I got, <laughs> like, she was the student. And I... I Sort of took a like, like, <laughs> And I went, Katie, my whiskey. I've killed a lot of people on screen. And I got like <laughs> it gets better every time. It even gets a, it even gets a little fun. I'm like, yeah. have you killed your friend? I'm also a psychopath.
1: And then she well, no. And she just goes back inside. <laughs>
0: Uh I watched you kill someone on on screen and be very satisfied about it, and you did it in rhythm, which was the most amazing thing on your yep. video, Justified. And I can't wait to see both of these films, ladies. And um, uh, this Chris, is this has been a blast.
1: It's gonna be a wild ride.
0: It will be. It will be. I want you both to say healthy, stay safe.
1: First, buckle
2: up. <laughs> stay damp. Stay damp. <laughs> Oh, my
0: God. That could be taken so many ways. I mean it in the <laughs> drinking way. <laughs>
2: Let's just let everybody take it the way that they want to take However it. However you want to take it, take it. No pun uh, intended.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, We just keep digging that hole. We That's know. great. I said hole. Here we <laughs> go. So... <laughs> <laughs> podcast has gone completely off the rails at this point Yeah,
2: this is gonna be a very interesting podcast so much fun. would you like us to redo our intro was a little i'm katie amon it was a little shaky
0: (laughs) i think we're gonna keep it
1: (laughs) (laughs) great he's like you need to hang up now (laughs) i think
0: we're gonna keep it because i think it matches the the energy and the vibe so
2: sure um (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, Sorry, it's going to be a treat myself. for, for everyone. And, and, um, I tell you what, I can't wait for the quarantine to be over. So, so the three of us can get together in the same place, laugh, drink, eat bagels and, um,
2: uh, Oh, let's
1: you know. eat bagels. How did you know we do bagel bars? Love bagels. We Order the bagels. You know what, Chris? Katie, gotta- you know,
0: I've been doing this a long time. I know everything. <laughs>
1: So the socials, I
2: get it, but we had a really rough day the other day. Like it's, funny, it's funny because Chris is trying so hard to end this podcast. And, and we're like, no, we're just so socially deprived. We're, just we're like, don't like, no talk to us. We're like, hold on, one more story. Wait, It'll only take more? 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, no, but we had like a really rough night the other night. And so I woke up and I was like, I'm going to order bagels. Sarah, it was Sarah's day. She had a rough one. You know, I've had my rough one. She's had a rough one. It's like, Sarah, I'm going to order bagels. She loves bagels. And then Postmates, the guy who was sending it was Jesus. So I literally texted oh. her, the word,
2: Sarah, Jesus <laughs> is bringing <laughs> <and> bagels. <Britney. laughs> <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. There's always a reason to get up, morning, folks. Yeah.
0: I feel like every Postmates delivery person should change their name to Jesus temporarily so that Jesus is bringing everyone the foods the and things they need.
1: The mm-hmm, Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. And uh, yeah, drinks on me next time we meet together post-quarantine. We'll all have a big laugh about it.
2: All right. Thanks, Chris. Bye, Chris.
0: Ladies, this has been awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects and social media feeds, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash make it. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative. If you do that, the show will pop right up. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Show Me How to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative. Be engaged and thank you for listening.